How, how old are we? I think we're a little old for that. I'm old Ooh, enough I like to that. Have, I'm old enough to have this Lord of the Rings, Frodo and Sam. Uh, that's pretty good. Mouse pad. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> Return of the King. It is pretty. Oh good. boy! Look at them blue eyes. I need to watch this. It's been, it's been a little too long. It's so good. It's like a running oh. joke at work whenever, like me, and my boss will tell me to do something. Yeah. And I'll get all, like, kind of angry about it. I'm like, oh, someone's got to put the team on their back. Someone's got to carry Frodo up the mountain to destroy the ring <laughs> in Mount Doom. Everyone's always so like, you're, you're Everyone, equating yourself to Sam? Oh, yeah. Wow. And everyone's always, like, rolling their eyes. Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, man. It's funny. It's good. It's a running joke. It's a good one. I like it. Uh I don't, don't want to get too you deep. You don't think I could be Sam? Mm, I don't know. You're a little too lazy to be Sam, frankly. Too lazy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not lazy. Uh, I don't know about that. That's, that's, but them's fighting words. Hey, I'm lazy too. I wouldn't want to be Sam either. I don't want to get. I don't want to get too deep into this one because we have an exciting announcement. Uh, but first, this is the Whiff Punish Games Cast. I'm Nick, and. Once a month, I'm joined by AJ to talk about yeah, games. I'm looking at these dates here. We are pretty consistently at once a month. I see January yes. 18th. I see February 8th. And now it's, what, March 7th, 6th? It just, it just has really worked out that way for, like, the past year. But the most exciting thing I have to announce, we have merch. I'm going to put a link in our description. But it's, it's the typical fare. It's T-shirts, sweatshirts. You can get a coffee mug. <laughs> which I've been thinking about doing. Um, but I'm going to put a link in the description. People have asked, and I'm finally delivering. And uh, we got some test prints. They look pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy um, with mine. I washed it. It washed fine. That's like the biggest yep. thing for me is like when you wash clothes. Like, does do it any... get all weird? Well, and, I don't yeah. do any special. I mean, I could do special, but like I just put everything in the same bin because I'm oh, lazy. same. Oh, yes. I, I mean, I do too. Um, so, and we're doing that like turn the shirt inside out and hang dry it and all that. I do BS. I do turn the shirt inside out and I do hang dry certain shirts because they shrink weird and whatever. So um but I do want to mention we're not doing this like we did with 2v1. You can literally just go order the shirt. You don't have to go through us. There's no crazy back and forth with Alex. Um that was crazy that we did that in the first place. Hey. No bark. <laughs> That's going to happen a couple times. Um anyway, you can just order what you want, whatever size, any color. It's pretty sweet, so um, check I'm, that out. I'm like real excited about it. I don't want to promise anything, but I'm, I want to get like more uh, shirts available on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, With, like, we're different stuff on them and things. I want yeah, it to we're be, trying like, to my think. My own clothing line is what I. That's my. I want like that would be fun. I don't yeah. wear anything but screen printed T-shirts, anyways. Because yeah, same. Like mostly. I just wear clothes to work. I have like nicer clothes that I'll wear out, but I don't go out that much anymore. So, yeah, it's like I screen would, printed tees and jeans. I wear band t-shirts every day. Yeah, yeah. I wear band t-shirts when I go out anyway. If I could be so, wearing my own stuff, yeah, it would be sweet. It would be high yeah. class. And if any of the longtime listeners have any ideas, we're listening because uh, that's the hardest part about coming up with stuff. Um, so right now it's just the logo, which I'm very proud of, and uh, yeah. It's cool. You can uh, get it in, on anything. And you can get it on basically anything. I don't have everything 
toggled because you can get it on like really weird shit like shower curtains and bed sheets and stuff <laughs> who wants with punish bed sheets i mean if you want that stuff let me know but uh yeah and and also it's um they're typical wonder, prices it, of shirts i was which i was totally surprised by i wonder what they're the not thread like expensive of the with punish sheets are yeah do we, that's, have, a, do we have a selection there i Can think i, get I think it's just King with punish sheets probably not it's probably the worst thread count you can imagine <laughs> I don't the know. Lowest. My, sh- my one. shirt was pretty nice. I'll be honest with you. The shirt's nice. Yeah, the one I got's nice too. I'm really happy. Um, Which one did you get? Uh, I got the slim fit one. Slim fit. Be- because shirts always fit me weird. So yeah, they fit me weird too. I got yeah. the premium cotton one. Yeah, you went a little bit above and beyond. So I don't know how good that one. And is. my wife got a sweatshirt. Yeah. And that that's and that fine. turned out good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. we'll quit. We'll quit. Uh, we're hyping you up. We're doing that, you yeah. Guys we'll, be excited. We'll, we'll quit pumping that up right now. Um, but if you have any questions, just let us know. Tweet at me. Feedback at two v one podcast Still got a new, got to get a new email. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have the link in the episode description. And uh, yeah. Speaking exciting. of emails, though, we do have one. I, I don't know what order you want to do stuff in because we're going to talk about board games again for sure. But I I have video games to talk about as well. Yeah, so do I. So let's go video games, then we'll read the email. Since the email is concerned mostly about board games, then we can just go into our board game talk. How does that sound? Yeah. How does that sound, listeners? Sounds good. What games have you been playing? I think the most exciting one that uh, and most surprising one that I played uh, and finished was Control. That's not surprising. Is it surprising? Uh, It was like game of the year for like half the publications, I feel like. Well, when it was first announced... You had no interest. Which, which I think would have been 2v1, and we talked about it a little bit. I was not interested, no. Um, I don't have good history with Remedy, the developer. I never really cared for the Max Payne games. I watched my buddy play them because I didn't think they looked fun to play. I like the Max Payne games. Did you play just 1 and 2? I didn't play 3, which wasn't even Remedy anyway. I don't know what I played. That was, that was, that was a long so time long ago. ago. Yeah. Then they did Alan Wake, which I have so many problems with Alan Wake, even though it had like some really cool ideas. Uh, and I skipped Quantum Break, so I was like not excited about Control at all. Um, but I wanted to give it a chance because it is a really weird, cool setting. Like the whole game takes place in this uh, fake Federal Bureau of Control, which is like this paranormal sect of the American government. Um, and it takes place in this one building called the oldest house that is just so weird. It's so weird. It's just this constantly shifting, twisting, changing thing. And it's like really impressive in some spots from a, like a level design, uh, perspective. Um, this is a weird tangent comparison, but I feel like, uh, devil may cry the DMC game. Yeah, on uh, that I played it on Xbox 360, but that game kind of had some weird stretching of the environment when you were going from yeah, like, some of that happened in that game into yeah. regular world. They would like the ground would crack yeah. and then fall apart, and I don't know, just you talking about that. I know, me. I know what you mean. Not to throw you off. Keep going. Yeah, like it. It was just like control in general is just unbelievably impressive from a tech. Um, standpoint because like whenever the oldest house is like moving around 
and shifting and changing whenever you would like uh, cleanse some of these control point areas. Like it's just so cool looking. And then visually, that game is like pushing the limits. I played it on PC. Visually, that game is pushing the limits of like some crazy uh, graphical stuff because it has ray tracing. So they're like there's really good reflections on stuff. Um, the dan like the damage in the environment is crazy. Like you're just pulling rocks off of the walls and the ground and you're throwing them at things and like whenever things crash into other things like it breaks in a really realistic way like so even all that stuff was alone really interesting and satisfying for me um and and like i think i think because of all that stuff paired with the combat which has been my biggest issue with remedy games forever because i think the gunplay just feels bad um you don't even have to really shoot the gun in control. I went all in on the like the powers that your character Jesse has where you just pick up shit and throw it at enemies and if you just go right down that tree from the very beginning of the game and get it powered up within the first few hours, it's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. You just throw one thing at like every enemy and it almost kills them in one hit and it's hilarious. So it feels good using the telekinesis and stuff. That stuff feels really good. Yeah. Um you don't have to you don't have to me, target. It reminds things. me of psyops. Yeah, psyops. Yep. Yep, totally. Uh that's what it feels like too. But like the best part about control is you don't have to you don't have to look at a thing and pick it up. You can just press the button and she'll grab whatever's closest to her. And so you don't have like, to aim and then aim again. Yeah, it, and it, that's so smart because you're never worrying about it. Like, it just completely sidesteps, like, an annoying part of physics-based yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was it's, it's brilliant. It worked really well. And so, like, physics-based stuff, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you're just worrying about, okay, there's an enemy in front of me. I'm going to press the button, grab a thing, and throw it at him. And, like, that's all. That's the, the only thing then you're worrying about is your little mind power juice bar. <laughs> Uh, and, and that was a little annoying to manage, but it's fine. But I wonder, uh, I wonder how it performs on, like, we're going to get into some of the games that I'm playing on PS4 and switch and like performance is really taking a hit this late in the console yeah. life. So you played it on PC. And, it was great. And it was good. I'm wondering like, cause I'll, I'll get to that game eventually too. I want to play it. I'm I mean, you at least have a pro you have, you have the pro, so it'll I think run a little bit better, but definitely when Control came out, there were complaints about its performance yeah. on consoles, for, and that's really a bummer because, like, the game didn't sell well apparently, and on top of that, I wouldn't be surprised if people tried playing it and got pissed and didn't even finish it. Did <laughs> because any it, of your I, I heard well it's then? really bad. Did Alan Wake or Quantum I think Break Alan, sell well? I think Alan Wake was a was actually a hit. Max Payne was definitely a hit. Yeah, Max, Max Payne was a big deal. Popular. Quantum Break was a big flop, I believe. Uh, for like, because that game was weird. That that was like they did the whole like TV, like Remedy loves live action stuff in their yeah, games. Like, yeah. and um, and and the stuff in Control is amazing. The the uh the guy that plays. Dr. Darling, he's like this head scientist of of the Federal Bureau of Control and he's like researching all these weird things that you come across like these little homemade videos of him explaining stuff throughout the game and they're they're so good. They're, they're so FMV. interesting. Yep, they're they're just them. Yeah, that's just him acting it out and 
and it's really good and it's it's fun to watch and is like that's actually in that game? yeah i liked it yeah. it was it was fine <laughs> that's not like, convincing <laughs> yeah. well because i i don't exactly know what happened and that was the same feeling i got in alan wake also and and i don't really you know we talked about it last time i don't yeah, need you don't need every plot hole filled I don't need everything explained, but I, I think the thing in Control was, like, you're playing as Jesse and she's looking for her brother, and there was, like, this weird thing that happened when they were kids, and the Bureau of Control knew about it and, like, abducted her brother, and then it kind of doesn't go anywhere, <laughs> so I, I didn't really care. I mean, the thing, the reason I was playing the game was, surprisingly, I didn't hate the combat, so, like, it was kind of fun to throw shit at things constantly, it You're was just a little marveling at all the technical. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. Like I loved reading all of the collectible stuff. Like just the world was really interesting, and seeing the oldest house was really interesting. Like all of that was enough. I didn't really need a story. Actually, are you gonna read um, House of Leaves now? Because that's what the oldest house is based on. Well, I've been wanting to read that for a while. Um, Josh I've been Josh couldn't he couldn't do finish it. it. I've been trying to borrow it from because I don't. I don't know why I don't just buy it. I'm reading other stuff right now, but like I've been trying to borrow it from Mike from work and he lost his copy. So I don't know. <laughs> I'll get around to it at some point. But um, to wrap up Control, I am interested in the DLC now too. So what's, I. What's the DLC? What's. Uh, I don't really more know. Time in the House? I yeah, it's that, just. I didn't, hear, I didn't know about that. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, uh, I think it comes out soonish. But yeah, I'm I'm I just want to play the game again. Like there was a lot of side stuff that I didn't do in the game because frankly getting around was a little annoying and the map was really bad. And I wasn't like super interested in what the side quests were, but uh just a reason to like go back to it and get more of what's going on there seems appealing. Yeah. So That's good. It's, it's just a, a big thing. surprise for me. It's a good like, thing I, when you want to play more. That's yeah. uh that's always the game I, I want I'd rather a game no matter what the what we're talking about, video games or board games or whatever, or TVs or I'd rather something end too early and me want more than have it go too long. Yeah, yeah, so. and it's funny. I'm in this like weird in between where like yes, I want to play more of that game, but I don't want to do what the base game has to offer still. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what that means, but uh, but yeah, I I really recommend that game. I think because I've heard it didn't sell very well, like. Grab it on sale, even yeah, if it's like pay for it? thirty bucks. It, it frustratingly, it's on Epic for PC, and Epic's yeah, that sales like are more like than I would have uh, guessed. Yeah, Epic sales aren't great on some of their exclu- PC exclusive games, so uh, I I wasn't gonna wait along or wait around much longer to play it. I wanted to play it. I just upgraded my PC, so I was ready. There's nothing out right now, so but yeah, I really recommend it. I think it was really neat. It, it's probably my favorite Remedy game, actually. We are, we are hitting a time when the release calendar is finally kicking into gear. Yeah. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I think, is next week. Oh, shit. Doom is in, like, two or three weeks. Neo 2 weeks. is next week, also, and Neo Doom is coming next soon. Week. And then April 3rd, the first week of April, is uh, Resident Evil 3. I haven't seen a ton of stuff about that. Nice. And then Final Fantasy VII is going to yep. be out soon. Yep. Yeah, so yeah we, are, we are running we're into things. finally, like, hitting the... The time of the year when we got games to play. Not that we yeah. haven't had games to play. I've been cleaning yeah, up some stuff from uh, 
the end of last year, it's been pretty fun. I'm I'm having a been having a good time. Yes, tell me what you've been playing. I've been playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. On PS4. Yes, I'm very curious. Are you? Yeah, because like, much about it. no, we haven't, and on purpose. Uh, I because like, I wanted to get that game when it came out. I like Respawn. I would like to support them, but at the same time, it's a licensed thing. I'm not super interested in, but I do think they did some really cool things with that game, and I want to know. I want to know how they turned out. From okay, you. so <laughs> I got probably a seven or eight hour impression of it. Okay, yeah, it's fine. Um. I think it's an excellent use of license. Yeah. Like, r- really, that's like... It's uh, it's it, it's kind of a, a funny thing. Star Wars... Pe- people are really close to Star Wars. It, it's a... Uh, <laughs> they sure are. It's a it's a hot subject, kind of. Any, anything with that, that logo attached to it really gets scrutinized, I think, with a fine-tooth comb. And, and yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm the right person to be asking if it's the right use of license or not, because I tend to not be very... Uh, critical of well, that. Critical. Like, you, li- you like it, you like it just because, like I, re- I think. I really liked Star Wars Battlefront 2. I got that for, like, five bucks or something on a sale one time. And like, yeah. I remember the who and, and hawing about that game's story when it came out, and I thought it was pretty okay. Like, I, yeah. it, it filled in some nice holes that like there's no movie or tv show information for so just for it to like slot nicely into the canon of you know star wars narrative i felt like man this is this thing deserves to exist it's fine yeah yeah and like there's there's a lot to be said about you know them licensing and paying to use the score and everything and then you're flying an x-wing through a blown a crazy up battle version and... of the death star and there's like pieces of it hanging everywhere and you're like zooming in and out of the wreckage and like yeah. that kind of thing is just i like i don't know i don't know what people expect or want from it but like that's what i think you should want if that's yeah. what you're playing <laughs> those games for you know what i mean yeah so and this game is no different. I think Battlefront 2, like, the worst parts about that game were when they tried to force you into, like, being Luke Skywalker. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't need to be Luke if I'm playing Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so this it, this does really a really good job. Like, it has, it has stuff for people that care about Star Wars. Like, you're going to Kashyyyk, which is, like, a planet where the Wookiees live. Yep. And, and you're engaging with Star Wars stuff. I think but, it's funny that Kashyyyk is like one thing that everybody knows that is not in the basic movies or in the normal movies, except it might show up for like a split second in one of the movies. And it's just a, like this it's like this one planet that everybody knows in in Star Wars. I just find that really funny. It comes up in everything. It's in like every video game for Star there's Wars. There's a good bit of Kashyyyk in Revenge of the Sith, actually. Is there? Yeah, there is. Is that the one? Okay. I, I knew it showed up, but still. Anyway, continue. I just think it's funny. Yoda like fights with the Wookiees there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember now. Uh, anyways, uh, I just think there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing original about uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, and other than kinda, your basic hero guy. <laughs> yeah, well, the story's original, but I mean, it, it has. A, it's got a Star Wars 
uh, coat of paint. Yeah. I, I just, I really like the license. Like they, the open, the, the game and it's supposed to take place like right after order 66 in the star Wars canon. So it'd be right yeah. after like the clones, like kind of kill, kill killed all the Jedi and the, the titular character, the, not the titular character. Cause I guess the da- game's not titled after him. I guess. Yeah. Jedi, I don't know. Jedi, yeah. The the main character suppressed his his uh force powers to run from uh I guess the Sith and the Empire. Yeah. And so he's kind of like rediscovering his powers and trying to trying to do his best to save the Jedi line in the game yeah. without, without giving away any any more i mean not that you probably care about spoilers enough excuse me but yeah i'm definitely more interested in the gameplay for this for so, sure but the game opened up and like they're in this big junkyard and you're cutting they're cutting apart like giant ships. star destroyers yeah it, it's re- it's really it's the empire like salvaging rebel uh equipment with oh, okay. this giant space cutter so yeah like, the tutorial level is like you in because you're working in the junkyard like the character is working in the junkyard yeah so you're climbing all over these ships that are like being cut apart by giant lasers and it has the, the uh this is where i i get into this game has nothing original the climbing and exploring is straight from un- uncharted yeah which is like I really high praise for the way the climbing and exploring works. Yeah, I would say that's I think the best that's parts fine. Of, that's the best parts about the Uncharted games to me. Yeah, game games riff on each other, and that's like one of the fun parts of Uncharted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is fine. not this is not an indictment of Fallen Order. I think. Yeah. I think for them to be like, oh, we really like those cinematic, crazy climbing sequences, and we're gonna put them instead of in temples into spaceships climbing around on spaceships and they yeah. do a ton of that in star wars anyways like they're always yeah, fun yeah like it works perfectly and the the wall run mechanic that was in uh respawn's last game titanfall yeah mm-hmm. is here as a jedi it works fine uh there's some there's some wonkiness to some of the animation. Uh, yeah, it looked it looked a little dated. There's for for sure. Let me. There's only there's only a couple things that are are that I have an issue with with this game. Yeah, and uh, I've heard some criticism like it doesn't control well. Oh really? Yeah, like they don't people. Some people don't love the controls. Okay. And Harsh didn't like the platforming in it Mm. um but i think that the issue is not with the controls uh the game runs like crap is what i would say Uh (laughs) uh-oh um it has a lot of frame drops it has some really like jarring texture like pop in and out all the time with like when you're yeah going through a level there's a lot of like desync of audio in cutscenes. Ooh. And uh th- I figured all that stuff would be fixed by now. It's weird they have like 
the game has a really re- heavy reliance on animation. Uh, so, like, combat <clears throat> feels to me a lot like it actually did in Sekiro. Yeah. Where you have, like, a stamina bar that you're managing not to dodge or anything like you would in a Dark Souls game. It's to, like, block. They're breaking your stance, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I feel like people kind of... This is a Star Wars game, so I'm sure it a wider uh, a audience wider played it. Audience of people played it than would play a Dark Souls or a Sekiro game. Yep. Which I would say more people who are playing those games are, know what they're in for when they're playing those games a little bit. Yeah. Whereas this game is probably marketed to a wider audience, and so I think people just want to go into this game and kind of like mash square square triangle and do Jedi combos. Yeah. Which is like not the way they design combat. Yeah. So there's a lot of wind up and like twirly animation stuff with when you're swinging the lightsaber Mm -hmm. and it locks you into those animations. Like as soon as you hit the button. Yeah. So you don't have like the freedom to like mash square, square and then dodge out of a dodge out of the way or, or this game has a lot of blocking and parrying. Like you're going to be blocking lightsabers and you're blocking, uh, Laser, laser bolts shots coming and at stuff, you. yeah. And uh, it's very, very easy to get overwhelmed, like in a group of enemies. And and I, I'm playing on. Like I had this debate with myself whether what difficulty I wanted to play it on, and I thought I would try on like a harder one. Yeah. And because I've heard I, that's recommended if you played from software games. Yeah, basically. and I think it fits well. Like I like. Okay. I like the. I really like the combat actually. It feels like it has a specific pace. Yeah. Um, and it makes me feel like a Jedi to be more defensive than to be attacking, which would be in line with the Jedi Creed. <laughs> but it's good, and it's really easy to get overwhelmed because there's people shooting at you from every angle all the time. Like, you're always running into a clearing, and there's, like, ten stormtroopers with laser bolts. So you're, like, literally holding the block button... Yeah. And trying to fight the guy in front of you while you're deflecting lasers from the guys shooting all around you. Yeah, I'm curious about that because um, playing the Surge 2, I don't remember if I complained about this when I briefly talked about it on the show, but guns in a dark in a Souls like kill you, destroy. Not you. a not a big fan of. So yeah. it's more is it's more manageable in Star Wars then? Yeah, I guess deflecting a laser bolt like if you just hit the block button like right as they shoot and you can just parry it right back at them is like so satisfying. Yeah. So it's really, it's really cool when you're like, you're holding your deflect and you're fighting the guy in front of you, you dodge out of the way, you see the laser come from you, from the guy in the distance, you hit the parry button to block the, the laser. It zips it right back at him, kills him. Then the guy's ready for an attack. You parry again get the perfect time for the parry and then you get like an execution kill because you timed the parry right like you're yeah. like but man i'm it feels good <laughs> cool i'm glad it, it it feels it can get fumbly like it can feel really fumbly when you're like trying to fight three people at one time but that's in general that's how souls games and from yeah. software games are because yeah. you're like messing with the lock on and you're trying to be faced the right way when you're blocking or parrying something like you can't parry someone from behind you it, it you know, it doesn't work just to like hit the right. button if the guy's swinging at your back. So, like from a, a combat standpoint, I think they they took 
Sekiro and Souls, and you're still resting at bonfires to yeah to respawn stormtroopers yes somehow if you die you lose your xp to that enemy so you have to fight your way back to that enemy and hit them once and then you'll get you get all your health back and your xp so it's kind of like it's like bloodborne actually yeah and and it's kind of like a thing where like if i there's a big long stretch of game that i need to play through and you have you have stim packs that are just like Estes Flask and and uh, Blood Vials, yeah. That replenish at at bonfires. Um, but so let's say, say there's a long stretch of game that I need to play through. I use all my stim packs. I get halfway through the the level. Someone kills me. So he takes my XP. I have to play all the way to that character again. Hmm. And if I kill, if I swing a sword, if I hit him once, it'll give me all the XP back, and it gives you health. So it'll like help you. It's like you picked up a health thing. Yeah. So it'll it's a it's like a way to. Uh, I don't know the checkpoint. It's not a checkpoint, but you'll make it farther if you make it back because you'll right. get full health when you get you, a when, yeah you get a free like refresh or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of a nice little design, I think. Yeah. So we have exploration from, or we have climbing and jumping from Uncharted. Mm-hmm. We have combat from Dark Souls, um, and more specifically Sekiro, because yeah, because of the parrying and everything. Yeah, yeah, and the one problem I have with the combat is like your stamina bar and and your health bar, or it's really your stamina bar and your force bar are like really small and they go right underneath your character when they're on screen so if you block something it'll like appear yeah and it's like one of the things that i didn't realize that sekiro did really well is like you get there's that giant yellow bar that comes on the screen and it's really Mm -hmm. big and kind of distracting but for like the purpose of that game you get into it like you need to be able to read that health bar yeah that's a good that's an interesting point i didn't even think about that i feel like the one here in in Fallen Order, it might be me because I haven't played the game a ton. I just haven't like trained myself to look right there. But it getting feels used like, to the UI, yeah, it feels like it gets lost more than I would. Like I, I'm not looking at it because I'm trying to watch for people shooting me on the screen, and yeah, like it, it doesn't feel like there's enough indicators there that you're about to run out of stamina. You need to either dodge or attack. You know what I mean? Yeah, I uh that's how Neo works actually. Ne- Neo yeah. Neo's little posture bar is this tiny little bar on the enemy. Yours yours is a little bigger cuz you're watching it. So the way know, the way Fallen health, Order but... does it is you have a health bar down in the left corner which is separate from your posture bar which just appears underneath your character when you hit uh, the block button. Okay. And every enemy that you attack gets that same posture bar and it appears the same way. So, like, yours isn't any bigger than, like, if I yeah. would attack a Stormtrooper. And yep. their, theirs includes their health on it. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, it's just a weird UI decision. And, and I feel like they did it to so you could see the action more. But, like, when I'm on a harder difficulty, I need to see the... Yeah, you need to really be managing that better, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it, that's one thing that I think I don't really like. Hmm. But... The other complaints I really think is just due to animation because like some of the some of the jank I would say with like platforming and or combat is because the animation gets messed up because like the map 
is uneven surface or mm. it reminds me of like dark souls a little bit <laughs> when the they jumping. try to make you jump <laughs> yeah yeah you know how dark souls has like physically it has like physical cliffs and stuff that yep if you're if you swing your sword too much you're like too far off the cliff you just like kind of slide off the edge and fall off like that yeah. kind of thing yeah like this this has a lot of that but there's like way more showy animations with it so it'll be like this elegant pirouette thing that'll get you to the end of the edge of the cliff and then you'll slide off which yeah. is like it doesn't look <laughs> the same like it looks fine in dark souls because that game is what it is but here where they're going for this more cinematic like hmm. flow of action and platforming i can see how someone would be frustrated with it yeah but also if you fall off a ledge you take like the tiniest smidgen of health and then you just appear back on oh wow really it doesn't there's no consequence well there is a consequence to falling but like it's not a death though no it's oh that's that's funny it's very fine (laughs) i think they probably realized it was messy then yeah like and would have been really annoying yep that's 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 pretty funny there's like a ton of platforming in in the game too so where you're like using your force powers to slow down uh like moving objects and then jumping on them and stuff so it's a it's a nice uh addition to the game they just kind of removed the frustration from yeah from ha- from falling and all that stuff so thumbs up there for me the the last thing really and the thing that i think is really neat about it um and that i've heard complaints because there's not a ton of like fast travel points or whatever but the map is 100 percent the same map as metroid prime yeah i know i that when they first showed that i was like oh man that is awesome because that was a cool map for sure and they mark little things in the map for you, like yeah. that say you can't. This is blocked because you don't have the powers. It'll just put a red mark there, and then once yeah. you get the power, it'll make it green. So like I know if I get the power and I want to travel all the way across the map to to this room that I haven't been yeah. to, I know I can. If I can get to that room, I can get into that room now since I got the power. So what that that telling me like the map informing me of those things makes me explore more because I'm like, well, I know I can get the thing if I right. get there instead of be ha- going there. And then, okay, I still don't have the, the power. Yeah. That's, um, that's a, that's a thing like I want in the souls games, but at the same time, I'm glad it doesn't have because Metroid games, pathfinder games that give you a map that like reminds you, Hey, come back here later. It's so nice. But it like in Star Wars, I can rationalize a little bit better because it's in the future and it's sci-fi and like yeah, you're gonna have this weird interactive map. So and it your makes droid, sense. the droid that you have is the map. I'm sure is the right? map. He maps yeah. everything for you, and then which like, is when good. You hit the map button. He does a little holographic. Uh, like it, it makes sense. Yeah, here and he's mapping it as you're traveling it, so that's why you would. Yeah, he would, and, he, and he's able to mark it and stuff like that. I'm glad so, it has a rationale like that. Where yeah. and like, and I'm glad Souls doesn't have a map because it makes those games a little bit more interesting. You have to actually like learn the world and remember things, and it's rewarding when you do and whatever. So like, it's just it's just fun to think about. Like, okay, here's a Souls game that can use a map, and it makes sense, and it's good. And I don't know, I, I don't know where I'm going with that. I just think it's interesting to think about. Like, it's Dark Souls are Metroid games in a, in a lot of ways, but they just don't give you a map for anything, <laughs> which is like really out of the ordinary from the very beginning of Metroid. So Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. 
all those things combined, like all these things that Respawn pulled from other games, I think combines into a package that is awesome. Like they, yeah. they, they pulled things from games that I love and they pulled things that I love from games that I love and put it in this. Yeah. And it's, it's just a good formula for a game. Yeah. Like in general. And that's, that's without the Star Wars, which is another piece of the formula that I also love. So yeah. I think yeah, I think making a uh, a lightsaber Star Wars game that wasn't riffing off of Souls at this point, ten years after those games, would be a mistake. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad that it's that also. And I I think like the early footage of it that we saw that didn't look very good. Uh, yeah, I would say that was early footage probably because every every level that I've you been mean to, visually yeah I, every level oh, that I've been to it's been pretty sweet. It's been cool to like climb around. Uh, it's like another thing where I'm I'm saying the license. It's a good use of the license. Like we have yeah, just cool good set pieces, alien caves and and yeah. ships and temples, old alien temples like the Chozo and yeah, you're, sc- you're scanning every enemy you kill and every piece of like rubble yeah. with your droid, and then it gives you more backstory and like it's good. I I think that game is really good. I would Sweet. definitely recommend that you uh like get it on a sale at some point because oh it'll, yeah it'll be it'll i'm be definitely cheap. i'm definitely still gonna play it i'm gonna grab it on pc that's another game that's only on oh no you know what i think it's on steam and epic so i i have been waiting for a sale on it so i was yeah. i was like really excited to play it and try it and then i've been more than pleasantly surprised by how much i'm enjoying it so yeah sweet yep i'm, I'm excited um I don't know when I'll get to it, especially now that Neo Two is coming out, which yeah, I'm, su- a lot coming, which I'm it's, super it's pumped for. It's yeah. good. I'm, I'm excited. Cool. I I have I've played a lot of stuff uh, since last episode, but I don't want to spend a ton of time on them. Just run through. Uh, it. Give us your like Reader's Digest impressions of all these different games. I my my I can Game start Pass you three minutes at a time. I don't I don't want a timer. <laughs> my my Game Pass finally ran out, so I was like blowing through a bunch of things just to like touch them and see what they were like before it ended. I I do want to recommend a couple of them. Children of Morta is a roguelite hack and slash little indie game i it was apparently a kickstarter which i had never heard of but it's on game pass for pc and xbox it's really interesting it it takes what rogue legacy did where you're playing as a family in quotes in rogue legacy where as generations go on and your characters die you get another character that is related to your character that died and they would get abilities well in children of morda you're literally playing this static family that you get more characters in the family as the game goes on. They all have individual abilities. You can pick whoever you want to play whenever you go into the dungeon crawling part. And it's just really interesting. Like, it's a really good concept. As the family, like... As as individual members of the family level up, the entire family levels up in their own way. So it's really rewarding, and it has, like, this good sense of progression for the entire family as a whole. It's... My only problem with it was I like lost a little bit of interest pretty quick because I thought it was I thought it was like weirdly hard. Like I I understand rogue games are hard and like you're supposed to replay them a lot and whatever, but but for some reason this one was rubbing me a little wrong in terms of how much they wanted you to replay like the first map to get things going. So I got a little burnout quick. 
but I it is something I would have played more of. I was just on kind of a time crunch for Game Pass. So I, I would recommend it, I think. I think it's really neat. It's a really good-looking game, too. It does, like, the really hyper-detailed polygonal sprite art, kind of like uh, Hyper Light Drifter or Dead Cells. It's, it's, it's just so pretty-looking. There's a few times where it looks really messy, though, which is a bummer because, like, they went a little too crazy with, like, the color palette and stuff. But, yeah, that's a cool game. Definitely worth checking out if you have Game Pass and probably picking up on a sale, too. It's it's fun. If you like Dead Cells, it's actually kind of a very similar experience. I played uh, Surviving Mars. So, you know, we're, we're, we're real obsessed with board games lately, right? So I like to think of these strategy video games like Civ or uh, another one I'm going to talk about, Stellaris or Frostpunk. Surviving Mars, Frostpunk. <clears throat> They're kind of like board games in a lot of ways. And uh, Surviving I, Mars... I always think of them like that too, which yeah. is, I need to play more of them, which is a thing. But I just don't yeah. have... I don't time. have... Well, it's not the time. It's just like, if I'm sitting down in front of my PlayStation to play games, I don't always want to like build something that i don't know the time that i spend on my playstation i almost want to spend like in narrative adventures is what the hmm. does that make sense yeah i mean you don't want to make the fun for yourself yeah kind of although yeah. i think i would have fun doing that so maybe i should allot some more time i don't know i Weird think you thought. should I, I think you should, because I, I really, really enjoy stuff like this, and I, I've, I've been, been wanting... I've been talking about getting a Civ game going with you for, for a year now. Yeah, Civ- Civilization's really good, <clears throat> and it's and it's it's easy to play on a console because it's turn-based. Um, I don't, I've never played the console versions of those games, but I'm sure it would be fine. And again, you kind of like make your own story in those games in a, in a way, and I'll, I'll talk about that with Stellaris a little bit. But quickly, Surviving Mars... Surviving Mars also on Game Pass on console and PC, which no idea how the console version of this game would be. Um, but it's really cool because it's like a city builder, sort of like I talked about with Frostpunk, where you're building a colony on Mars, and it's it's just really cool trying to, like, you're not terraforming Mars. You're not trying to make it as a, a habitable planet. You're just trying to build up little pockets of, like, little bubbles of civilization and it's a really neat thing. I really enjoyed it. I, again, ran out of time. It's definitely something I'm waiting to get on sale. But it's just a cool, like, trying to trying to make this hostile planet work is just, it, it actually felt like Frostpunk in a lot of ways. Like, Frostpunk was like this, had this terrible overarching problem of the cold. Surviving Mars has... It's fucking Mars. <laughs> like, there's no oxygen. There's nothing. And so you have to, like, build up this... You have to build up this self-sustaining industry to eventually colonize it with humans, and then you have to prove that humans can live there, and then more humans will show up. And, like, it's a cool puzzle that I really want to try, like, figuring out more of. Uh, so I would recommend that, too. Um, again, no idea how the console version would be. But it's there if you want it. And uh, lastly, this is on Game Pass, but I've owned this game for a long time. Uh, Stellaris is—it's basically space civ civilization, um, except it's real time. 
So you have to be doing everything on the fly. You can pause it and make decisions, but it's not turn-based like Civilization. Stellaris is fucking cool. Like, I, I bought it immediately when it came out, like, five years ago, and then just never got around to playing it because I was intimidated by it. And for good reason, because it's hard. It's very, like, holy shit, you have to learn so much. Like, when you first load up that game, it's just text everywhere, options everywhere. You have no idea what to do. It tries to teach you a little bit of, of how to get started, and it does an okay job, but once it uh, once it... Once it gets you slightly going, it kind of just like throws you in the deep end and it's like, figure it out. <laughs> but it's a really cool game because space is infinite, right? And so this is uh, unlike Civilization where you play as like established characters from history and you're kind of like stuck in a track of like, oh, you know, the Egyptians have this edict and they're only going to do this kind of thing throughout your entire game. In Stellaris, you have complete control over your weird alien race that you're going to make. Um, like, they have totally different uh, politics and plans for expansion and religions and all this stuff. And it's just really neat to see how that comes together as the game lasts for, like, thousands of years. Because, uh, like, characters will die, your your politicians will die, your fleet your fleet commanders will die. Scientists will die. They have to be replaced by people that have all these other unique traits. And it's just a really cool experience to watch this like thing grow. And it's like way more interesting than civilization to me, actually. Um, I, I, and I really like civilization. So Stellaris, I've only played a couple of hours of so far. It has a console version as well. I think it's actually on switch. <laughs> Which is like crazy to me, because it C seems Civ has Switch too. C yeah, Civ is on Switch, but Switch it's, has it's, Civ too. It's hard to explain. Like Civ is much more simple compared to something like this, especially yeah. because it's turn based. It's not very graphically impressive. Um, yeah, I I know what you mean. Stellaris is generous. First of all, Stellaris is randomly generated, so it generates a universe. It's, it generates a galaxy for you, <laughs> and then. Everything within that galaxy is totally random. And you're doing, you know, you're doing Civ-like stuff where you're brushing up against other galactic civilizations. They want to go to war with you. They want to conquer you. They're dickheads. They want to trade with you. They want to make friends. It's it's crazy. It's really neat. And my first game is hilarious because I'm platypus people. And I've been at war constantly with these stupid dickhead bird people. And they won't leave me alone, and I think I have to abandon my current game because they basically just conquered me. <laughs> but you got um, conquered by the bird people. I got conquered by by space birds. Yeah, that's uh, the that's the title for this episode. Yeah, conquered I, by space birds. Okay, sounds good. I uh, I I don't know. Stellaris is super cool. I'm I'm glad I finally gave it a chance, and it is definitely overwhelming. But it's one of those things like like a board game. It's really rewarding learning the systems. Yeah. And and like especially with a video game where it can just go on forever and whatever, like learning those systems and then applying them later and whatever, it's just like it, it's just so satisfying. Like there there's I I get video games do that in general, but but like really big chunky crunchy stuff like this, like man is it good when you like when things just click and you're like, "Oh, I should have been doing this. I can't wait to apply that to my next game." You know. Yeah. I yeah, that's, yeah. Um, 
that's video games for me. I, I'm sure you have more. I got one more. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing since I got on Backshift. I started Link's Awakening. Oh, nice. Yeah. It is nice. It's a it's a good way to describe the game. Because nice. that looks like a pleasant game, yeah. It's nice. It's a pleasant game. Um, two, I'll get my two negatives out of the way, and then everything else I have to say is pretty positive. Uh, it runs like poo-poo. <laughs> yeah, that was like the first complaint when it launched, and that's, just really, lot, it, that's really just frustrating. It just has a lot of frame drops. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of crazy, like... I guess it's because you know they did the original. It's a re- Link's Awakening is in a is a remake of the original Game Boy Zelda, right? Yeah. Yep. And so on that old Game Boy, you would have the screen be as big as <laughs> this your tiny Game little Boy screen, one and a half by one and a half. Square. And then every time you would walk out of the screen, it would load kind of another screen, right? And yep. it would, the screen would pull. Yep. So here. They did away with that, and the whole thing is rendered. Oh, uh, so it's loading the whole thing. The whole map, bro. At and once. there's like okay. there's like grass moving, and yeah. there's butterflies flying around. It looks it looks gorgeous when it when the when the frames are not dropping. This thing <laughs> looks like it looks like little plastic people moving. It's incredible when how it's good. firing on all cylinders. When ha- yeah, when how good it lo- it's it's it really is because there's so much motion like on the screen. Yeah, like it, it's it's crazy. And so you'll walk a few steps and then someone will jump out of the water and then it'll drop frames a little bit. Yeah, and so it it does drop frames a lot. Like every screen is some are better than others. Some are you know what I mean. It's it's kind of yeah. But it looks really good when it's, even when it's dropping frames, it still looks good. It's just annoying. It's just one it's of the annoying. things you notice. You notice. You know. Yeah, what it's I mean? a bummer. It was a bummer one that happened in Breath of the Wild, <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah. So there's that, and then my only other complaint is that this is an old game. It's it's an old. It's an old Zelda. Yeah. So some of the like puzzles in the dungeons are just like uh, we we have moved past the uh yeah yeah like the kill the, the enemies in a certain order puzzles like uh, they get they did a good job of giving you hints and they have like an interactive map thing that i don't know if it was in the ri- original game or not but you can like pull up every text bubble that you have talked to a person yeah no that was not in the original game and then it'll tell you the location that you talk to them at yeah so if you're like oh go here you don't have to like wander around the entire Zelda map looking for this p- space. And yeah. I actually want to say that I think the game is pretty forward thinking in like the explorability that it gives you like right at the beginning. Yeah, like, I mean that's is, Zelda in general. Like Zelda not, was crazy. It's not linear at all. Yeah, you ju- you can just yeah. go all over the place. Like, Zelda Zelda favorite. one, the yeah. original Zelda. Like that was groundbreaking. It was insane. Yeah, that's it's like that here. Like I'm wandering from one corner to the other corner back to yeah. the bottom like there's no linear whatsoever that's what made them really hard like i yeah. i i never <laughs> finished zelda one i had to use a guide for Link's awakening because i i bought that on game boy when it came out yeah uh like i was really excited about that game and holy shit i would have never we were young we were really young when that came out so trying to figure that out as a kid was impossible yeah. <laughs> so they do a good jo- job of giving you hints for the most part uh, there's things in dungeons where, like, they're little owls, and if you get the owl beaks, like, as you collect it as an item, then you can put it in the owls, and then it'll say, 
it'll tell you how to get the small keys to unlock the, the uh, boss okay. key stuff. Yeah. So, like, I got a hint that it said, defeat this enemy, then this enemy, then this enemy. And I don't know that, like, it said, defeat the Stalfos, then the Screek, then the... It expects you to remember what they are, or, like, how... Well, I don't know what like, they know are. What so they then are. I, yeah. I go to the room, and I can't figure out how to get this key to fall, and then I realize, oh, yeah, I found that hint, like, 20 minutes ago. This must be the room that that hint was telling me about. Yeah. So I try killing them all in every combination of order, in every way, like... One time I do it with a sword, one time I do it with throwing pots at them. Yeah. And I still can't get the thing to drop, the key to come, and then, all right, finally, whatever, I'll look it up. So mm-hmm. then I look it up, and I guess the combination that I needed to kill them in, I didn't try it, because <laughs> the first time I do it, it works. Like, it's just one of those things, it's like, this is not, ar- this is arbitrary, like, I don't know. I, then, I've never really liked the puzzles in the Zelda games, other than... I have nostalgia for Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. There's some nice, like, move the rock stuff. You have them, like, you can only move the rock one. Yeah. Like, old school, like, Pokemon top-down RPG puzzles. Yeah. I I know what you mean. I think those, like, they they can be fun, but for the most part, they're kind of just, like, in the way and annoying. Like, like, replaying, like, this this is a remake of a really old Zelda. And then um, Link Between Worlds, it was on 3DS. I had the exact same feeling because that's like a riff on Link's uh, Link to the Past, an old game, an old Zelda game. Yeah, you just so don't, like you don't care for it. Yeah, it was like doing the dungeon. It's like, oh man, these just feel this feels so dated. Like, it, like I get it. It's those, fine, but they had those in Cadence of Hyrule too, and you didn't really care. Nope, for that I did not either. finish Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah, yeah. so. It, they have all that here. You go into like a little mini dungeon and it's like a heart corner, heart yep. container in the corner and you got to move the rocks and like, yep. so you're saying you would just bounce out of there. I don't care about that. I mean, it's fine. Like, it's fine. I'm not, it is what it is. That's Zelda, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just like the, the Zelda moved on after a point, like with Ocarina of Time and stuff. So yeah, when it went 3D, when it got away from it, the, made it made them more interesting. It made puzzles more interesting. Yeah. So it, I, this is I, the old puzzles for it's sure. just, it's just remaking the game. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, this yeah. is the old puzzles. And that's good in some ways. And it, it's nostalgic to a fault in some other ways. And yeah. this is one of those examples where I think it, the game is whatever. Like mm-hmm. one of the ones where it it wanted me to bomb walls in the in the dungeon, yeah. Like they, I don't know why they can't just put cracks on the walls where the bomb goes. Like why does it want me to? Yeah, because that was not how it was. Along <laughs> the edge of the wall and swing yeah. my sword along every wall. Yep. In the entire dungeon, like I did it for a little bit. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not gonna waste my time swinging my sword on I'm every wall. I'm surprised they didn't. I'm surprised they did not fix that stuff for the, like is, for a modern take on it. Some cracks on the wall, but then like the, the others the are owl, actually hidden. The, yeah, the owl hint said, "Swing your sword at the wall and listen for the noise." So I started yeah. doing, then I was like, "I'm not gonna do this. I'm looking yeah. up where the the bomb goes." Yeah. So, other than those things, everything about the game is super awesome. I yeah, think. It, it looks incredible. Uh, you can tell that they took the the original like Game Boy score and set mm-hmm. modern instruments to it. So instead of like playing it with an orchestra, they tried to use like one instrument that would emulate like the chip tune or not oh, the really? chip tune, the eight bit. Yeah. So it's like, it'll be like one flute, like playing, you know what I mean? And so it sounds, it sounds cool. Cause it still sounds old and little. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it's coming out of a Game Boy, but it's an it's a modern 
Hmm. It's like a it, it's fully recorded. Yeah, re- music, remix. You know I mean? Yeah, and it, it plays nice. Uh, like the whole the hold hold your shield up, swing your sword works really good for the enemies. I've been kind of just blowing through it. Like the bosses are fine. They're, yeah, I wouldn't expect much difficulty. I don't think. Yeah, but everything looks cool. It had it's it, it's uh. It's another example of when we were talking about Resident Evil and we were like, we, we they need to remake games and and re... Like, I want to play old games with a nice, fresh coat of paint on them, and this is good, and this is one of those examples. And yeah. it's it's awesome. Like, I, I would totally do this with more video games. Yeah. I'd be willing to revisit more video games with new things. Just the new, fresh coat of paint, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and... and it's good for those reasons. I want to get around to that someday. <laughs> I don't know when, but yeah. yeah. It's good. It's a good backshift uh, game for me. Yeah. It's like I put an hour in and then I'm I'm good. I'll read my book or something. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not like dying to play it all the time. I don't I don't think it's very long. I pl- I've played it two sessions and I have half of the dungeons beat mm-hmm. and, and items collected that I need to wake the the bird or whatever at the top of the egg. I the forget the, the the egg on the mountain. Yeah, I forget. You probably don't know anything about that game, do you? I don't know any. No, I don't. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you'll like. I, I well, I don't know. The ending will surprise you, for sure. Cool. The yeah. the look of it reminds me of like uh, Paper Mario, um, except three D. So like, there's okay. characters in the world that they look legit like Mario people. Hmm they are just 3d rendered and it makes me think to myself man we need a switch paper mario modern rpg there is a there is a switch paper mario it's apparently horrible really (laughs) yeah i think unless it was on wii u it might have been on wii u but there there is a a paper mario came out like within the last three years it's it's really it's apparently very bad that that's why from nintendo (laughs) yeah I don't remember that at all. Yeah, but, uh, I forget what it's called. It's like something with paint or something like that. Uh, I don't know. You have to look it up. But it, it, right it might be on Wii U. It might have just missed Switch. Yeah, I don't think it's on Switch because I have I have all the Mario Switch products, like literally. Yeah, well, maybe maybe it was on Wii U, and I'm like forgetting how long ago it actually was. But there was a recent one, and it was apparently very bad. And and actually, I just heard on a podcast recently. It might have been. I don't know if it was Game Informer or something. Somebody was talking about how Miyamoto does not like those games, and there probably will never be another one or something. Like, they, they don't want to make another one. Which is frustrating, because Thousand Year Door on GameCube was fucking awesome. That game was so awesome. The N64 one was good, too. But, anyway. I don't uh, think you see anything for Switch on the Googlerizer. Okay. I see on it must the- It must have been Wii U, then. Super Paper Mario is what I see on Wii, and it has looks like it has decent reviews. So I don't know. Well, there has been one recently, generally recently is all, is is all I know. Uh, color, and I color and I heard splash. color splash. That's it. I don't know. Why I was thinking paint splash. Um. Yeah. Do you want to talk about board games? No? That one has good reviews too. Anyways, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's answer our email. Yeah, that, so that was about board games. We'll, uh, we'll that's trend. all I have for video games. I'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna finish probably 
Link's Awakening pretty pretty soon. I have uh, Luigi's Mansion to play on Switch. I'm definitely going to play Ori like immediately. I haven't. I still have my Games Pass. So I'm going to use it, and then uh, I'm sure we'll be getting into Doom and stuff in the future. So. Oh Nick yeah, I can't. Nick will play Neo. Cannot wait for Doom. We got more games coming. I'm gonna I'm gonna stream Neo also. I'm I'm really like on on the topic of board games. Neo comes out the week that I'm going away to play board games for the weekend. I was really hoping to stream that at launch over the weekend, but it's just bad timing. But yeah, I'm planning on streaming that game. So I, I streamed a decent bit of Neo One also, but uh. But yeah, so we got an email from Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, to, uh, writing into feedback at 2v1podcast.com. Thanks, brother. It is so frustrating. I'm so lazy. I need to make us just a, a throwaway Gmail account because it's so bad branding. Um, but anyway, thanks, Jeff. And if you want to write to us, I'm still checking that email account. But uh, yeah, Jeff wrote into us. He was excited that we talked about board games. We probably have all these emails that go to whiffpunish at at whatever dog well it wouldn't se- it wouldn't send if the email address doesn't I, exist i know i'm just being a <laughs> uh jerk any- jeff jeff asked if we played a couple uh he asked if we played betrayal at house on the hill i have some commentary on that I, I i do as well dead of winter and ticket to ride which uh th- all three of these games i think are like entry kind of like uh, like what everybody plays at some point essentially not to um, insult you. No, definitely, definitely not an insult. I mean, they're 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 good. That they're entry games for a reason because they're good. Yeah. Uh, I do have thoughts on Betrayal, but your AJ's at least been playing the Legacy game, Betrayal Legacy. Yeah. So I, don't so know if you wanna... I have Betrayal. It's just called Betrayal Legacy, right? Yeah, but it's the same game. It's just it's a Legacy. The, it's version. the Legacy version of Betrayal House on the Hill. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the differences between the two other than um, my haunts and like the the way the legacy game works is like the haunts aren't necessarily randomized like they would be when you're playing. Yeah, they're randomized in the base game. In the base game. Um, There's like a set. uh, Like a set. Number of haunts that you'll play through as part of a campaign. And so, like we talked about with Children of Morta, where you're playing generations of a family. Yeah. Uh, each time you sit down at the table, you like have your, your your family crest in front of you, and you write the name of the character that you are. You write it on the board and everything, and you participate in the game. Uh, at some point in the game, this is in Betrayal House on the Hill and Betrayal Legacy. At some point in the game, a haunt starts, and like one of the players becomes a traitor and usually tries to... Betray everybody. <laughs> betray everyone, yes. That's why it's called Betrayal. And becomes like a killer or like the last game I played. I don't want to talk too much about pe- about it. because Yeah, don't spoil be, the legacy version, yeah. People might be playing. But they have different like haunting scenarios that'll, that'll happen and then the game changes. And basically, like before the haunt, the game is kind of just wandering around a map looking for clues. Really, And randomly you know generating the map, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every time you go into a new room, you'll draw a tile that is the room. And mm-hmm. so if you're on the ground floor, there's ground floor tiles. If you're outside, there's outside tiles. That's how the game works. So once you place the tile, you'll you'll resolve whatever symbols are on there, be it draw a card or yeah, or pick up an item or whatever. 
and that's what will trigger your haunt. Check for a haunt. (laughs) Yeah, that's what will trigger your haunt eventually, and then this is not in the Legacy version, but let's say werewolves. Oh, it might might be in the Legacy version, but it's not something that I played. Let's say you get bit by a werewolf, you turn into a werewolf, the, the traitor betrayer will leave the room, I have my own book that I have to read. It says, okay, now your yeah. goal is to kill the other people and you can summon wolves from the woods. So it'll give you monster tokens that you can go to a space on the board and summon monster tokens to help you kill. And then the other people that are left in the game that are not werewolves anymore, they'll get their own book and their book will tell them that they need to find a key to a door that unlocks an escape light, or something <laughs> a light that will banish all werewolves yeah, so yeah they're like they're like still searching around and and uh since the objective is in books like you the person who becomes a traitor and betrayer needs to go away to another, another room and so you don't know what each other's objectives are at that yep. point and it creates this kind of cool scenario where like you're trying Hidden to objectives. Kind of, yeah, you're figure trying to figure out what each person's trying to do. Yeah, and some some scenarios are are better than other ones. And a lot of times, I would say, I've been playing with three people, which I don't think is a great number for the game. Um, I would I would want to have like four or five. Uh, it seems like when the betrayal happens and the haunt starts in the game. With and with three as your number, like it's very hard to win as the people who are not the haunt. Yeah, like the the game gets very hard for those people, so it can be kind of frustrating. But the this is my first legacy game. Mm-hmm. I don't have you played any legacy games? Gloomhaven. Oh yeah, Gloomhaven. Uh, it's really cool how like when someone dies, you put a ghost sticker on the board, and then you can remember that oh you bludgeoned me to death with a hammer in that room and yeah all your characters like how they died or what they did in the game down so it just kind of becomes this thing where it's like a board game that you made yeah legacy with your actions so that becomes interesting and i think that part of it is more interesting to me than the actual game itself yes and the only reason i the only reason i say that is because i have other like haunting haunted house games yeah, that are that are like Lovecraft haunted house, and I think they do the whole haunted house thing like better. They, they're more complicated, longer games. Betrayal is definitely more accessible and easier to play, but and relatively quick playing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just depends on how long the haunt takes yeah. to trigger. It could yeah. take like a really long time. Yeah, I guess that's true. And it could yeah. be two minutes. Like you could draw the first three tiles you draw could be yeah what trigger it. So it just depends on your scenario. I've only played it once. Um, I played the base game, not the legacy version. I that game, as far as I understand, is like a classic in board games, in modern board games. And I was disappointed by it, frankly. I uh, I played it with three people. Uh, yeah, I don't think three is a good number for it. I don't know that. I didn't really think about the number being the problem, but I think we just got a bad haunt, and like, and and that turned me off because. I was playing as the old priest guy. So, and the way that the game has, you know, stats for your characters and age is one of them, right? It, yeah, their age matters because you can die it from age. It doesn't in the legacy version. Oh, okay. Well, in the one that I was playing, I was the old man, and we happened to get a haunt that forced us to start aging. <laughs> so I was already an old man, 
and the aging mechanic reduced one of your stats or multiple stats every turn and so once one of those do anything at the once, end of the game. once one of those stats reaches zero that's how you die and then so the person that was the betrayer was like the youngest character i think they were the little girl or something so like it just was like this really bad confluence of like just bullshit of like okay and well that, they're the traitor that's really young the aging thing is never going to be a problem and the, they're just going to come to us and immediately kill us and it was just like oh that was really bad, frustrating yeah that's like, the bad part of randomized uh yeah like the variety is there so that you can keep playing the game and experience different haunts but they randomize all that stuff so you could end up with something that's randomly bad for you because yeah so like that was just a really bad you know combination and and like on top of that I think the only thing I like about that game is the theme because it's essentially Cabin in the Woods, the movie, where it's yeah. it's horror everything and literally anything can happen. And uh, that's, that's the best part. Fun. That's the yeah. best part. And I like the map generation. I like I love board games that randomly generate maps as you progress through the game. I think that's so interesting. I don't know why. It just always has is it's always interesting to me. After that, I don't like anything else about the trail. <laughs> like I don't so, I don't I don't really like I don't really like the stat checks with dice rolls at all. I, I just I just don't find that satisfying. It's more frustrating than anything. And I I wanna play the legacy version because of it being a legacy game. Yeah. I would probably never play the base game unless somebody was like, Yeah, let's play it. Like that's what I want to play. Then then I would play it, but I wouldn't choose it over stuff. So like, my, I'd rather play Arkham. I, I, let, my, if we're going to yeah, play a horror game, let's play Arkham. Here's my thing with it. Is, uh, I first started buying like more modern board games. The first game I bought was Mansions of Madness, which is a Lovecraftian... And, and if you're into Betrayal, this might be a game you should look into. Yeah, Mansions of Madness is supposed to be really solid. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple different versions of it. The one I have is the second edition... And it uses an app to kind of be like the dungeon master for the game. So it has the the random tile map generation where you start in a room. It gives you like things in the room to interact with. Like, let's say it'll be like there's papers on the desk there and there's a door that's that's jammed. And so the app has all these things for you to click on and you have your board and you can move your character two spaces or interact with things are basically your two choices that you get. Yeah. And so let's say I want to search the papers on the table. So I'll click on the app, search the papers on the table. It'll give you some, it's everything's written out really nice. Like it'll give you some really good flavor text. Oh, you rifle through the papers. There's signs of a uh, occult leader that mark the papers up can you read them and then you'll skill check like what you'll skill check your characters yeah like knowledge and if you have if you roll the dice and you have the right knowledge you'll you'll get the clue from the papers or whatever and uh the app handles everything from the spawning of monsters to puzzles in the in the haunted house to uh like generating the story for the events it'll it'll tell you like why you're there and what you're doing and and so that was my first experience with Mansions of Madness was my first experience with like Lovecraft and Haunted House games and it's just like way more dense than Betrayal. Mm -hmm. And yep. then after Mansions of Madness 
we started playing Arkham Horror, which we've talked about so extensively much. on this on the show. Specifically the card game. The card game, that, yes. And that offers campaigns in card format where you have a character and you're you're growing your character making through, decisions that change the yeah, rest of the several game scenarios yep. and so that's basically a legacy game kind of totally yeah you just aren't you aren't you aren't permanently changing a board or anything that's yeah the only yeah difference. yeah you're you're like putting cards away and taking cards out that that yeah. you that affect the game so those I did those two things before I became to betrayal and betrayal is like a little more simple and yeah accessible and so like my opinion is just kind of skewed a little by same if it, it feels like I was in the deep end swimming and now you're putting me in the kiddie pool yeah a little bit um, and and again not not meant as a slight or anything like I plenty of people love betrayal some of my friends that have play the hell out of crazy complex board games love betrayal. It just didn't like hit for me, and yeah. it's and it's for that reason. It's because like when we would do dice rolls to do stat checks, I was like, "Motherfucker, fuck dice!" Like I don't want to do checks dice. Is, like D and D, and that is oh man, it's one of the, that is one of the reasons I don't like D and D. Yeah, role playing games in general. It's so like once not... once we played Arkham Horror, the card game where you you can manipulate stat checks like in in so many different ways like it's just like oh man i can't go back like certain yeah certain games that that do stat checks with dice rolls it's a basic function of board games like it's fine but whenever whenever like the entire thrust of the game is based on all right dice roll it's just like that's uh, it's, madness for sure yeah it's just more it's so, not as more so than more so than betrayal even i would oh, say oh wow really okay yeah but anyway, so if you yeah. if you like betrayal, there's two other. Just play Arkham Horror, Primates <laughs> of Madness. Yeah, those are other some other games that you could. I'm not telling you to do. That. I'm just saying there are other games that you could. Yeah, you might be interested. In, I get I get the appeal of betrayal. I I could also see betrayal just being like, hey, let's just pull out this thing and see what the hell happens. That's totally yeah. fine too. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, I would definitely recommend Arkham Horror, specifically LCG. I I mean, I've heard. I've heard that the board game's a little too intense, but the LCG is definitely worth giving a shot if if you're looking for something like that similar. Um, but I do still want to play Betrayal Legacy too. It's I've never point. I've never played Ticket to Ride or uh, Dead of Winter. I just know I, what they are. Yeah, I want to play Dead of Winter. I've never got a chance to play. It. I don't know anybody that has it actually. I don't think so. That's that's a big blind spot for us um i have played ticket to ride i actually just recommended i had a weird situation where my mom wants to get board games for my niece and nephew so i have to i was like trying to think of things that my 60 plus year old mother could play with kids (laughs) that she could understand because she doesn't play games and ticket to ride was one of them that i suggested because it's it's like relatively simple but i think the uh I think the decision making in that game is fun. Uh, I just recently played the digital version because it was free on Epic. I've never played the actual board game, but this is the board game, and I actually liked it more than I expected. Um, it, it like it's a classic for a reason. It's a it's 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 also another yeah like classic modern intro game. Like it's it's fun. It's fun just trying to collect the right number of trains so you can make a route and score points. Like it's. It's so simple, and it. I had fun. I had fun with the digital version. Like I would probably play that 
the actual board game if anybody wanted to. And um, is that a hint that you're throwing at me or well, Mike? Well, I mean, work? no. Well, Mike owns it, but it, it's it's not something that I would be like. Nah, I don't want to get out. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's not something that like if somebody suggested it, I would be like, eh. I would be like, okay, sure. Like, let's see what happens. Because, like, I only got to play the one basic map, which is the U.S. Um, the digital versions of, like, Asmodee... This isn't Asmodee. I forget what the publisher is. But um, the digital versions of board games are, like, definitely trying to get you to buy all the expansions. So I only played as, the really... As are the physical versions. Yeah, so so I'm never going to do that. I would rather invest in the actual board game, right? Um, so I only got to play the basic map of the United States, but it's fun. I, I liked it. I liked having to, like, you you pick from a pool of tra- colored trains that are available. The pool gets refreshed every so often, and you're trying to... Co- it's set collection, essentially. Like, I, I need five orange trains to get from Los Angeles to Denver or whatever. Like, it, that I think it's fun. It's, it's like... It seems like it's probably really quick playing. The rules are really simple. You could teach it to anybody. And it would be fun placing all the little trains. Because I think, like, you get, like, a set amount of trains that you have to play with in a a game. And, you know, that's what makes the physicality of it more fun. Because you're placing the the little trains. (laughs) While we're on the topic of intro games, did we talk about Pandemic last time? Um, no. Because you hadn't, you, you hadn't played it, I don't think. I thought I did play it though. Maybe may, it might not have come up. We, I mean, we run out we of time. We played it on uh, tabletop simulator. Anyway, while we're on the topic of intro games, I'll say one more because someone's bound to ask about this. I think pandemic. Uh, pandemic. Yeah. Um. So what a bad time to talk about pandemic. Oh my gosh! I didn't even think about that. Yep. Yep. You you were more familiar with it. I played the one time on Tabletop Simulator with you, so give Pandemic a rundown. Give us the Reader's Digest I, version of Pandemic. I do think as, like, an intro game, Pandemic is the most interesting, for sure. Like, if if I, you know, have future relationships, I've already thought about this, like, if I'm trying to introduce a partner... You hear a that, partner, girls, He's planning yeah, out everything that he's going to do just thinking, like, before wh- he does it. With board games. I'm, I'm <laughs> Pandemic is the game I would play with somebody that hasn't played games because the rules, again, like are like... Like your 60-year-old mom? Nah, I think it's a little too complicated for my you mom. Think? I, I do, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't suggest it because one of the grisly nature of it, uh, the timing... And I do think I do think the rules are a little bit too complicated. Maybe like without me teaching her, like she's yeah, gonna have yeah, to yeah. teach herself, right? I know, what you, I know what you're saying. So, but pandemic, I think, does have enough like weird rules to it that make it like it, strategic. Yeah, it's strategic. Yeah, like you're trying to prevent, you're trying to cure four different viruses across the world, and getting around the map is based on cards in your hand that are related to cities around the world and like there's all these different options for how you can move and like breaking the rules for moving there's you play as characters that have special abilities which change the game um and it's just it's like a fun again puzzle of trying to cure the world of these four diseases or and specifically, or it's cooperative, so and it's cooperative. So, like, it's not adversarial at all. Yeah, you're you're fighting against the game with yeah. the people that you're playing with. Yeah, which makes it a good intro game because it's not immediately competitive or anything. Yeah. Uh, where where betrayal turns into well, 
fuck you, like kind yeah, of quick. Yeah, first in. Yeah. yeah, so Pandemic is completely cooperative. And yeah, I would definitely recommend Pandemic. Like, I don't... It's fine. Like, it's a fine game. Um, I don't adore it, but I really want to play the Legacy version because the Legacy yeah, seen, Legacy version multiple, is supposed to be incredible. There's multiple Legacy versions of it. There's, like, different two, seasons. Two seasons now, yeah. And I've seen multiple, like, uh, just in frequenting a lot of like board game websites and reviews and stuff, a lot of people recommend that as like one of the best dating games. I think pandemic legacy is like number one on BGG or something. Yeah. It's like the highest ranked game. So the the legacy version of that game is, is hype. Yeah. And and the basic game is good too. And there's like a ton of expansions for it. I've never played any of them, but um, yeah, I think like, I think the theme of that game fits really well with the gameplay and like that's one of the things that i'm really critical of with games and it's uh it's good pandemic's good if since we're on the topic of like intro games that's definitely yeah. one that's definitely one to give a shot just thought i just thought i'd throw that out there yeah yeah good call what else you got um what do you want to what do you want to sing the praises of while so but uh, we have the ears of our me you your wife and josh had a board game weekend not too long ago and um, which was fun, and we did nothing but play board games. And I I would like to pick maybe just one for each of us to talk about, just because of time on the podcast. Okay. Right now, but um, oh, that's a tough decision because I you think want me to go first. Yeah, you go first. What do you want to talk about the most? I don't want to talk, but I just I wrote a couple things down for a couple of different games because I knew we would be doing this, and so I I have tapestry on there. I I, just, let's talk about see. tapestry. All right. Um, so we talked about Civ games already on this episode. Yeah, it's, it's appropriate. Tap- tapestry builds itself as a board game. It says it's a civilization game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game gives you a starting like faction sort of, we'll say civilization. Yeah. Um, yeah. so there's different like militaristic or I had merrymakers or, yeah, they'll start with different abilities on like what you should be trying to work towards as you're playing through the game to like use their strengths essentially. Our artisans like it gives your people like kind of a uh, a path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you start with that. There's a board where there's basically just four uh different tracks of of progress. There's technology there's science, which kind of sounds like the same thing. It does me, sound like the same funny. thing, it's, but it's not, yeah. There's, uh, like, exploration. Yep. And then there's military conquest. Mm-hmm. And so basically every turn, you decide which track you want to advance, like, for your civilization. And there's, like, stuff on the board, like, let's say if you're going to advance military track, it'll say you got tanks. Like yeah. that'll be what the advancement is for from what so you pay the resources that you have to advance and then once you advance you'll get a bonus based on which track you chose to advance yeah each time you move a space on the advancement tracker every space has a different bonus that it gives you and yes. as you get further and further they're better and better and require more resources and uh, to do but that. the bonuses might be to reward you with resources so it becomes this game of like Okay, where does where do I maximize my my efficiency with like the amount of resources I can spend and the amount of things I'm gaining? Yeah, and the ability that my people have, and then the only other thing that I'll say like throughout the game, uh, 
during the course of the game, you'll get tapestry cards, which essentially is your your civilization like making a big discovery. Yeah. So it'll be like you start out with discovering fire. You'll be like, oh, we're artisans and we discovered fire. The next tapestry you card card you might play might be time travel. Yeah, it, so, the order is totally. There's no order to it. Yeah. So it becomes this like zany. We have time travel before we have plumbing. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it kind it's kind of fun, and it kind of like throws the game into this. Okay, well now this era, I have time travel, which means I can advance two tracks at one time. So what's the two tracks that I? Yeah. It's going to be best for me to advance. It just kind of changes your strategy a little bit. Yeah, there is a so, ton of variability to the game. As yeah, far as yeah. every time you would play it, yeah. Yeah, so it calls itself a civilization game. I think it's more of an engine builder because you're more or less like doing resources. You're trying to spend resources to get resources is really what the game is. Um, I haven't played a ton of civilization games, so maybe my opinion on that is just not accurate. Uh, as far but- as board games, I haven't really either, but... This game is almost 90% the same as the video game, Civilization. Oh, really? Yes. Like, it, it is it is absolutely based around Civilization, the video game. Like, I mean, really? all, all like, the way that the tracks work, um, how the board works, how you, how you... In the middle of all the tracks is the actual board itself, which is a world map that they're hexes, and as as you do certain things, like the Explore track you are filling in this map and like taking over it. And every time you like take over a piece of the map, you might get a little bonus. That's exactly how civilization works. Um, And like the biggest thing for the game hands down is managing your resources. So you can spend them to do things. Yes. Yes. And, and that is the hardest part of the game. And the part that frustrated me the most, uh, it, I think the game's really interesting, and I would play it again. Um, but holy shit, that resource stuff kind of pissed me off a couple times as we were playing it because it's like you get into a position where you only have so many turns in the game, which is it's such a strange thing where like everybody can finish the game at different points, which makes sense with the theme actually, and and actually makes sense against the video games for Civilization. Um, but like there's points in the game where you have to like replenish your resources and that and you can only do that so many times. So like I don't think the game does a good job of explaining that to you like to get started the first time you play it. Like we we all kind of didn't really realize the the how important that was until like I don't know, maybe two times after we did it. Yeah, we we played at a cabin, we had no cell phone service. Yeah, we couldn't look anything up. So we couldn't yeah. look any rules up. Yeah, and which the, was which was an interesting book, position. The rule book is four pages. Four pages. <laughs> they like condensed everything down to four pages, and this is a really big game. Yeah, it's it's so chunky I, I know, and crazy. I don't know that that was the best like move. Like I would have liked to have like a walkthrough. Do this. Do this. It kind of just like gives you information and then expects you to. Yeah. Be able to just grasp essentially grasp yeah yeah so uh i what i like about the game is that i feel like this could be a bad thing about the game too i feel like the variability in every game like sometimes you're gonna get a faction that has abilities that are gonna make you get lots of resources and give you lots of choices yeah 
and that'll be fun. It's very unbalanced. Yes. Yeah. And then sometimes you're going to get two things that absolutely don't work together at all. And no matter what decisions you make, the guy next to you is going to have better. Yeah. And so that can be a frustrating thing. There's some but this, There's some really hateful adjacent to player rules, too, I think. Really? Like, dude, the, the fact that the first person that, like, advances up the tapestry, the first time they do it, they're the one that gets the resource bonus. Like, and no, nobody else will ever get it again. Like I, I think that is not great at all. I didn't, I didn't get a resource bonus the whole game though, and I. Well, you were, pl- you were, starved. you were playing wrong though. Remember, we figured out you jumped ahead of us really fast because of a mistake. Remember, yeah, I got, I got one resource for everything. Every made a huge difference that though. I made. That made a huge difference. That having those resources early on in the game, you blew ahead of us. Like, and and I, I wanted to mention this too. Like. This is a victory point game. Like it's a bo- b- so many board games are just based on victory points, and um, how tapestry works is you're you're just gaining those victory points the whole time you play, and the tracker is around the board, and you're you can just see when people are just kind of running away with it. AJ, AJ destroyed us, <laughs> and it was really early on that you were jumping ahead of us, pretty much. I would say like probably about halfway through the game, you were way ahead of us, and like, uh, that is, this is the first time I've ever experienced where, holy shit, seeing how far ahead somebody is on a victory point tracker, I, like, lost interest, kind of. So, after that point, I was just playing it to see how the mechanics work and, like, what can I do the most, because there was no way I was going to win, right? And I don't think that's a bad thing, um, because you should play board games for fun, not really just to win. Uh, but it was interesting to like have that feeling. Like as soon as you got that far ahead, I was like, mm, "Well, I'm just gonna play this out and see what happens. <laughs> see what I can do with what I got because I am not going to win. It's impossible to win." And I think I think the other part with that too, with like the victory point thing, some stuff in that game with how you get victory points feels like really unbalanced. Like um, like you would get to the end of a tracker, right? You would think getting to the end of a track would be, like, worth so many victory points because it requires so many resources and it takes a lot of effort. And you kind of don't really get that many, <laughs> which, I, I, thought, really which wanna, I thought was weird. I don't really want to comment on the unbalance of the game after one, one game of it. I'm just saying it, fe- we, it feels... Where we it, didn't play correctly it for, the, feels, for half of the game. It feels unbalanced is what I'm saying. Like, that, that's all. That. And reviews have backed that up, so like I'm, I don't yeah, feel I don't, feel, I don't I just, feel wrong in saying that. There's nothing that happened to me that made, gave me that opinion. I just feel like because you whatever. did really well. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um. Anyways, I this I like what I like about it is the puzzle of how can I maximize my efficiency with the resources that I have. Yeah. Is 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 constant, and even. Like to me, you know, we talked about winning and losing. Even if I get two things that are really bad um, together, it's interesting to me to try and work around that and to still build something out of like the handicap, even. And so this is one of those games where I don't, I don't necessarily care about winning or losing because because of that random draw. Yeah. Um, as much as I would other games that you could be more competitive with. It's a neat game. For sure. Uh, 
my first impression just wasn't super good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think it could be better. The next time I play it with someone, I think I could teach it well because the decision making like <laughs> there's a ton of I wish there's a ton of stuff on the board. But yeah. really, your decisions come down to like, what resources do I have? <laughs> yeah, and where can I spend it? And like, there's yep. only like three places you could spend it, which is so it's it's really simple to play. And obviously. I really it is actually yeah. And I really wish like with that really tiny handbook, I think it should have been in giant bold letters. Resources are incredibly important. Do not waste them. <laughs> think think about what you're doing with them, because <laughs> like that that just just. I don't know. It just didn't come across as like how important know. it was at all. I don't all. know why. I don't know why you wouldn't think they're important though. Resources are you never want to raise the, resources. The way in any no game. no 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 no. It's different with this game because of like because of how how you get them and how limited they are. It's not really clear from the first first few turns what that means or how or how you're not really going to be getting them that often and how in, important they are. I don't I don't agree that it's like other board games where resources are important. Like yeah, money is important in games. That's essentially what this is is money. But it's like I I don't know. I found it incredibly frustrating how it worked until we learned how it worked and then even then I was like, man, I feel extremely limited on what I can do the entire game. Which is fine. Like some games do that well, and you have to really play your strengths. I just couldn't really figure out what strengths were in that game. Like I got all the way to the end of a track, and it didn't do anything for me. Really, you know, like that. That's what. Like I, I shouldn't have invested in that one. Potentially, was like the feeling, and it was just like, Ugh, I don't know. I think that game is fine. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. Yeah, I know. But go ahead. What do you What do you got? Uh, I'll do a quick one because we. Sh I need to wrap this up actually. Um, and one I highly, highly, highly recommend because I loved it. Uh, Escape from the Aliens from Outer or in Outer Space. Uh, super bad title, horrible, hard to remember. But oh my god, did I love playing this game! Uh, and it took us. It also took us a little bit to like really kind of understand how to play it. But it's a relatively quick game, and I think we played it like four times in a row because, you know, we were still learning it. But that last game was super good. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hidden role, hidden movement, like deduction kind of game where you're playing as either humans or aliens. Nobody knows who anybody is because it's randomly dealt out at the beginning. And you're looking, you're, you're basically just playing, looking at a map that's in front of you and you're hiding your movement from everybody else. And you're, you're trying to escape this spaceship where, uh, this research went wrong and turned a couple people into aliens. And now those aliens want to eat the humans and the humans have to escape by making it to escape pods. And which is the theme for every sci-fi alien yeah. game board game that it's, there is. It's essentially way. it's essentially the thing in in on a space station, which is which is great because like I love the thing. But yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, holy shit, what a what an amazing movie. Um but anyway, like in in Escape from the Aliens, everybody has their own map in front of them that they're they're looking and each each map has or each portion of the map there's either it's all broken up into sectors like A01 or A03 or 
Z06 or whatever. And you're making movements through that map by either moving into a sector that is silent, which whenever you move into that sector, it's a silent sector and nobody knows where you are. Or you move into a sector that is a dangerous sector and requires you to pull from a deck of cards that have varying things happen whenever it's a dangerous sector. The most simple thing would be you pull a card, it shows you this symbol that means you, it, you're making a noise when you move. You have to announce that noise. You have to announce you hear a noise in sector whatever. And that means you as the player might be in that sector and it signals to everybody around the table like they're they're keeping track on their own map trying to figure out where everybody is and there's like all these other variable things that can happen like you can lie about what sector you moved into based on the card you drew your characters your alien or human have abilities that you can maybe use at some point and it's just like this really fun intense thing where you're trying to just track where everybody is while accomplishing your own goal, and nothing is really happening other than you're looking at your own little map in your hand that you're hiding from everybody, and it's like it's sort of like it's sort of like Battleship, but you're moving it's, around. Yeah, it's kind of like Battleship, except um, you know more m- you know more adversarial and more I don't know intense. But Battleship is definitely how I explained it before too to other people. Yeah, yeah it's it's. I loved it. I thought it was so fun. Like once we figured out how to totally do it, we played it wrong a couple times because I misunderstood a rule. Um, but like once we got it going and and like understanding what was happening, man, was it intense! Like trying to figure out who where who was where and who was an alien and who was a human. And like even once you figure out who's an alien, it doesn't like ruin the game because now you know exactly who you have to get away from and then you have to try and manipulate the game to like maybe throw them off your trail or something and the, i just love the instruction it. book the instruction book encourages more uh banter and deception i think than we had i feel like we were kind of quiet for the most part when um we were playing we well talked a little bit yeah i don't know it was i mean more like it was more like i know where you're at that's yeah i mean I, I don't know i that's Whatever, I, I don't know, that doesn't mean anything to me. It didn't change my experience at all. That's that's going to be based on who you're playing with, for sure. I didn't, like... Yeah. Like, I think it's fun to be, like... I, I do like that, like, whenever you announce a thing, you're supposed to announce it, like, a specific way, because then it kind of increases the tension. It's, like, Silent Sector. Oh, my God, where are they? Okay, and you're looking at the map, and it's, like, you only have so many things, because... I I get I get that it is a quiet game because you're you're in your head the whole time trying to like follow everybody's movements and like did this decision could they have gone here could they have gone here so like you're you are spending a lot of time just like thinking it is definitely a thinky game um but that that didn't bother me at all I don't know uh I'm not a huge fan of social deduction games in the first place so like this is this is one that I really like because it has mechanics associated with it as opposed to just lying to people's faces, I guess. Social social deduction. Does that mean you deduce by by Um, so I don't know that, I, have, I like, don't know that you've played any of these. I have cryptid and that could they call that a deduction game, but it's not social deduction, but like you're not lying. Oh, okay. So like um there's a game called Werewolf, and yeah, I know, I know what I know what oh, okay. you mean by yeah. social like mafia and stuff. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I'm just wondering. I don't know if that's right with aliens. Social deduction. What do you What do you mean? I don't know. 
it's, I don't know. I'm just, I would absolutely I'm looking, apply it to looking, this game. I'm looking for a definition of social deduction is what I would say. And I'm not, I'm thinking that it doesn't always mean that you're lying to each other about where you're at is all. Okay. I don't understand your issue with it, but okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, a lot of them are about lying. It just yeah, might yeah, not yeah. be every game. Yeah. That's what, that's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. When you said when you said I don't like social deduction, what you don't like about social deduction is like the lying part. Of no, it, not no, the, I don't. Not the deduction I'm not. Part, no, right? no, no, no. I'm I'm saying I have yet to play one of those games, regardless if it requires lying or not, that I like. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't love the lying part, but I just haven't played one that I thought was really great. I like Masquerade. I thought Masquerade was pretty good. Um, which is a lot of not knowing what anybody is. You don't even know what yourself you yourself is, and that's why it's, yeah. that's why it's more interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like where like, like a werewolf, I don't like werewolf at all. That's because like you can like look at a person and they're like, "Are you the werewolf? Are you the werewolf?" Like, yeah. It's just I don't know. I just it's, didn't it's think just it. Just I just didn't think it was fun. People... Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's but fine. Like, have, I'll play it, but I have cryptid, which is definitely labeled as a social deduction game. Yeah. And it's like it's kind of like Clue, where I have a clue and you have a clue and you have a clue. And you go around the table asking each other, like, a question. And, like, you can only answer, like, yes or no. Well, it's really no or maybe. Okay. And, and like, that's all it is. So you can't lie about it. But you have to, like, take notes on whether people are saying no or maybe to the question you ask them eventually to get to the answer. Yeah. Of, like, of where on the board. And, like, that doesn't sound appealing to you. You think that would be? Eh. I don't know. I'd have to play it. I'm just I, my my just blanket statement is I haven't really played one I've liked yeah. a lot. And and yeah. Cre- I love Escape from the Aliens because it has only a tiny bit of that. Like it's mostly a mechanic based game where you're moving and doing things and trying to figure things out that way. Where I don't like just sitting around and talking. I guess like I I don't I that's I think what I don't like like where it yeah, comes yeah. that where it comes down to just how well you can deceive people. Yeah, like I don't I don't. Yeah. That's where it hasn't really hit for me. Like I, I'm interested in another one, Spyfall, that Shut Up and Sit Down loves. And it sounds hilarious, and it's it's gonna be completely based on the people you're playing with. And like it seems like it would be fun, but I could totally see myself not liking that. And I've I've found myself not liking a lot of games like this. Like we played Medium. I didn't like Medium at all. <laughs> I would not want to play that again. Um, I didn't like, uh, I played code names. I didn't like code names. I just don't really love the, you're not doing a whole lot other than thinking, thinking, but being, cre- being but you are, no, but you, but you are doing that in escape from the aliens while also like making decisions, like informed decisions. So like, I, I need some kind of like interactive part like that, like where I feel like I'm accomplishing something. I, wherever, whenever it's just give a clue and maybe you get my clue. I'm not into that, I guess. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. To each their own. Yeah. My one comment about it is that I want to, uh, I want to praise the games as a work of art that this thing is. Oh my God. It comes aliens. In, yeah. Yeah. It's it beautiful. Super, super cool looking like, uh, box that folds on one end so it's like a book it opens up and like everything's tucked in there and like a s- real nice and all the artwork is like super minimalist oh yeah the artwork's and, so good uh, and the color palette is really simple yeah yeah it's really good it's just black it's really, like a really, really good looking game yeah it's like it's just blacks and a couple colors and it's like this really like 
I just it's just like it's, one of those things I want to carry around. But like, yeah, you see that? Yeah, like look, that? like look at this. Game. It look looks, lo- it looks really nice. And there's like yeah. hardly anything to it. You know, like it's yeah, like it's there's good. like nothing to the game. It's 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 great. Um, highly recommend that game. I can't wait to play it again. Actually, the only problem is it requires, I think, at a minimum, four people. Like I, I don't think I'd want to play it with three, where there's only one human, um, because there always has to be more aliens unless it's an even number than it's even. But it plays with two, too. I would not want to. Yeah, I no interest in that at all. I don't think I, I would try it. I guess, but I think we had like the the perfect initial like play of that game where we had four, and I think to me as as I can understand it and imagine how it's gonna work. I would want four at a minimum, but yeah, you can play it with two if you want. Yeah, I, just, I don't, I don't know how. I can't speak to how well that works. Yeah, I'm just saying it's you yeah. don't need four is all. No, you you technically do not need four. I yeah. just would think it's probably best. Um, but yeah, uh, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, I'm cool. Um, I got, I don't got nothing else. Uh, check out my wife's blog, Popcorn Reviews. Uh, I will stream some Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. I want to call my streams counter hit counter hit Tuesdays. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that was a good name. If you see me referring to that on Twitter, that's what I'm talking about. Counter hit streams. I, I wanted to separate it from whiff punish a little bit because Nick's not usually there. So I, I was trying to, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. He'll, that's he'll a good name streaming. too. He streams on Tuesdays under with the whiff punish logo and stuff on his, on his streams. So I wasn't trying to like confuse people as all. Hmm. Hmm. So I I haven't been playing a ton of fighting games lately. Me neither. I've been, spent, I've been spending a lot of time with my wife actually playing board games, so. Yeah. Yeah, board games are good. Um and we'll probably continue to talk about them cuz we're still playing them. I'm going to play some right now. Uh but I do have to go cuz I have to go let Mike in. <laughs> um so thank you for listening. Uh as always, uh we really appreciate it and let us know, you know, we want to hear from you. Obviously, we've had listeners talk to us about board games in the past, in general. Actually, so yeah, we, pre- we appreciate your email. Keep email yeah, thanks, us. thanks, fun. Jeff. We would we'd like to have a segment of the show dedicated to responding. Yeah, I would love. It, I would love more. It makes it easy on us. It really does. Yeah, I so. would love more feedback from people. Interaction. Yeah. So uh, feedback at two v one podcast dot com. I'll probably set up an email at some point, <laughs> just like I wanted to set up a website. Twitter is the best place to get in touch with me. Hey, That's what I checked the a most. Time. We got T-shirts for you, one yeah. thing at a time. Yeah, T-shirt we're, links we're, in the in the description. We're only a monthly show. It's this isn't like a yeah. We're not running. We're yeah. not running an entire operation. It's not two v one for sure. Um, yeah, but the, Twitter is the best place to get at both of us. I think we check that the most. Um, that's always our Twitter handles are in the description also, and we're on Instagram. I don't ever check Instagram. <laughs> I just I just yeah, post I'm bad about using I, I just post the episodes and kind of don't look at it. So I apologize cuz I know some of our listeners do talk to us on there occasionally. So um but yeah, uh as as always, thanks and uh we'll see you in probably a month. Keep playing games. Yep. Peace. <laughs>